Hey moms, welcome to the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling that you can find on Amazon. But more importantly, I'm the wife to Daryl for 31 years, mom to eight kids, ages 16 to 29, and Nana to six littles. I'm also a 25-year veteran homeschooling mom, and I love bringing great resources and tools for moms to use. Um, in parenting and in homeschooling. So I'm glad you all are here. I hope that you're sharing this podcast with your friends. And if you have a minute or two, I'd love for you to leave a comment or review from whatever platform you're listening from. So in recent weeks, um, if you've been following along, um, I have been sharing a series of podcasts called The Homeschool Life, where I tackle common questions or concerns when it comes to homeschooling and family life, because really the two are very much um, intertwined. In a recent episode, I talked about the importance of finding rhythm in your homeschool day, along with steps that you can take to help find your own rhythm for your particular family. So over our 25 years of homeschooling, getting a good start in the mornings has been key to remaining intentional throughout the day. So today I have invited a special guest who talks specifically about that. Pam Barnhill is a mom and former secondary teacher. When she's not homeschooling her three kids, she can be found helping and encouraging homeschool moms at pambarnhill.com. She is the host of Your Morning Basket, a podcast devoted to helping families contemplate truth, goodness, and beauty in morning time. She lives with her husband, children, and a passel of dogs in beautiful Alabama. Welcome, Pam. I am so excited that you're here. Thanks for having me, Dorinda. I'm excited to be here. Well, I just love everything about this because, as I said earlier, getting that good start in the mornings is just it, it really sets a tone for the day. And um, I know that there are a lot of people in my audience, a lot of moms in my audience who already uh, follow you, that already do the morning basket, but there's always going to be uh, people who haven't heard it, moms who haven't heard of you and of the morning basket. So I am excited that you're here to help talk more about it. Um, so if you could just maybe dive right in and tell us a little more about what morning time is. Sure. Um, so morning time really is very simple. It's a time when your entire family can come together and learn together all the way from your toddlers up to your teens. And so everyone is coming to the table and instead of kind of going off on their own with their separate books and activities and checklists, they're all learning the content together. And so this is a really efficient way that um, you can do some homeschooling you know, by, by right. combining kids, you're not mm -hmm. doing three different history streams at one time, or everybody's studying four different science topics. You're able yeah. to bring kids together and everybody learn at one time. And, you know, at our house, we call it morning time because I learned about morning time from my mentor, Cindy Rollins, and that's what she always called it. But there are other homeschool families who call it morning basket. They call it circle time. We have families who call it symposium because maybe they do it a little later in the day and their family doesn't want to call it morning time. Uh, right. Power Hour is another popular name. Uh, and we have one mom in our community who even calls it the miracle hour. I love it. I love it. You know, the thing that's really... Uh, 
awesome about this particular concept is it's actually one of the questions that I get asked the most is how do I homeschool multiple ages? And Mm -hmm. um, I, I love the difference in the picture that you're sort of painting as you described, you know, the difference between everyone going off and doing their own thing and and then mom trying to coordinate all of it and keep up with all of it versus everybody coming together and uh, creating just sort of a cohesive family time while still accomplishing what we want to accomplish. Yeah, yeah. And it really does. I mean, save us a lot of time. I have, you know, three kids and one is in high school. One is smack dab in the middle of middle school. And the other one is just at the end of elementary school. And we do science together and we do uh, history and literature together. And there are some differences in what the kids have to produce and give back to me. But the heart of what we do all starts together in that morning time with some reading aloud and some videos that we're watching and things like that. Um, And then they're each required to give back to me on their own level. But we get so much done right there together every day. That is that is great. And that's really what we're looking for is we want, like I said before, the morning uh, really sets the tone. It seems like the further you get into the day, the harder it is to sort of like if everything has begun to fray, it's really mm-hmm. hard to, to rein it back in. And so if we can start intentional, um, I think that makes such a huge difference. But in the book, you talk about the three R's of morning time. Can you explain mm-hmm. that? So when I was trying to figure out, you know, there there have been families doing morning time uh, for 20 or 30 years in the homeschooling movement. And a lot of families, when when they hear me talk about morning time, they'll say, well, I've been doing this for years. I've just never called it anything, right. <laughs> and which is totally okay, right? You, you do your thing and it doesn't have to have a name. But um, I was trying to look for th- similarities. Like what is it that kind of makes a morning time a morning time? What are the things that the families are doing together that kind of constitute uh, what we could call a morning basket? And those were uh, ritual reading aloud and recitation. When I looked at most of the families in my community or families that I talked to, those were kind of the three things that they were doing. And so that became the heart of what we call a morning time practice. Now, you don't have to do all of those, but if you're looking to start, these are three really good places to start. Okay, so maybe you can expound a little bit on what just even what it looks like for your family with those three R's. Sure, I would love to. Um, So, you know, ritual and we talk about focusing on truth, goodness and beauty uh, in morning time and in the podcast. And so for us, ritual is coming together and bringing in some of those ritual elements from our church. And when families say, oh, you know, we would love to have some beautiful ritual elements in our morning time. Where should we start? I tell them, look to your church service. So if there are hymns that you always sing in your church service, consider bringing one of those in and singing it during your morning time as maybe a call to worship. If there are prayers that you say, um, consider bringing one of those in. Or if your church service follows a set pattern where you sing a hymn and then you read a Bible passage or a psalm and then you sing something else, do that in your morning time. Um, At our church, we light candles. And so that's one of the things we do in our morning time is we light a candle to start off before we pray to uh, remember that 
you know, the light of the world is in our midst. Mm -hmm. And uh, so just bringing in those ritual elements that you do. And then at the end of our morning time, we actually sing the doxology and blow out that candle. And that's the kids signal that uh, this kind of more worshipful time is over this liturgy time. And we're moving into kind of our separate checklist for the day. Right. Um, I love that because, um, and I think, I think in our culture, um, we've sort of like bypassed, stopped doing a lot of things that are more ceremonial. Um, Mm -hmm. We think, we sometimes think, oh, that's, you know, too, you know, stodgy or whatever. But the Mm -hmm. truth is there is so much richness in a certain amount of liturgy and there can be, it's still grounding. You know, and so just the idea of, you know, having any kind of ritual. I mean, we have rituals with birthday parties, right? We always sing happy Mm -hmm. birthday. You know, our family has a, you know, we do certain things for everybody's birthday. And it's almost like um, it's calming in so many ways because it, it brings us, it anchors us. It brings us to a place of a place we've been before over and over and over again. There's something really um, something that feels safe and secure about that. And, and, you know, in a world, the the world that we live in, where there's so much hostility and things changing so quickly, I think the idea of having something um, more, you know, something along the lines of a ritual, something consistent every day, I think, I think that we all long for that. Yeah. And kids thrive on this kind of stuff. They really, really do. Now, I'm not going to tell you that at my house, they don't fight over who gets to blow out the candle every day because that totally happens. But, uh, you know, we uh, we kind of have a call to worship for our school day. We play uh, we have a song that we play. It's actually a praise and worship song that we sing at church. And Mm -hmm. what I'll do is I'll uh, I have my Bluetooth speaker, uh, my little uh, electronic listening device in my house. I'm not going to say the name because she'll talk to us. And I I will tell her to play that song and I'll turn it up loud enough that everybody in the house could hear. And mm-hmm. my kids know that now it's time to come to the school table. Mm-hmm. I don't have to yell. I don't have to walk around reminding people that it's time to get started. If they're in the middle of doing something else like eating breakfast or making a Lego creation or whatever it is they're doing, they know when they hear that song that it's time to get started with our morning time. And, mm-hmm. you know, just through the years, we've worked on this and it it was really so easy. By the time the song is over, They've gotten that snack that they want. They're at the table and they're ready to begin. And Mm -hmm. it's just the most peaceful way to start our school day. It does sound very, very peaceful. And I think I love the idea of taking that uh, sort of almost off of mom to have to Mm -hmm. try to get everybody there. And instead, uh, you sort of moved it to something else, something sort of neutral that invites everybody to come because sometimes, you know, they're, they're going to push back with mom, but you're going to argue with a song. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) And ours is an upbeat song. So, you know, it's, it's hard to sing along and be grumpy. We're we're dancing into the school rooms. That's great. I love it. I love it. Well, that's great. So so the three, so it's ritual. And then what's, what's next? 
So the next one is uh, reading aloud. And this, I think, is absolutely the heart of what you're doing in a morning time is you have all these kids together and uh, you're just going to read to them. There are so many studies that show that just simply reading aloud to kids is beneficial. Uh, you know, my good friend, Sarah McKenzie has the whole read aloud revival podcast yes. mm -hmm. uh, and book where she talks about all the different benefits of this. Uh, Andrew Pudawa talks about the sophisticated language patterns that come from kids listening to a parent who is reading every word long after the kids are able to read for themselves. Because when mm. you think about it, as a reader, you probably read in chunks. You're not saying every single word. And so we're getting those sophisticated language patterns into our kids' brains by having them listen to us reading all the words that we read when we read aloud. Not mm -hmm. to mention, this is where that efficiency comes in. You know, right now in my family, we're reading uh, Black Ships Before Troy. Uh, we're doing a, a big mythology theme this year. And so uh, we're finishing up Black Ships Before Troy, which is a retelling of the Iliad. And then we're going to move on to the Odyssey. Um, and uh, we have a few other kind of Norse mythology books and things we're going to read later this year. All three of my kids are listening in at one time. Uh, we read aloud our astronomy book. We're reading aloud Life of Fred. So these are all uh, bits of knowledge and things. Uh, we, we're doing an election unit right now. Um, coming up on the U.S. election. And so my kids are learning all of these civics. We're having these great conversations and I'm reading aloud to them. Uh, so that's the second R. And then the third R is perhaps my favorite. And a lot of people maybe kind of think of it as being a little bit old fashioned. Uh, it's recitation or memory work. And my kids love this. Like of all the things that I get pushback about in our homeschool, I never get pushback about memory work. They just do it because they love it. And uh, we've done it ever since they were little bitty. And for us, it's largely uh, poetry and scripture. Every once in a while, we'll do some pieces from Shakespeare. We've done uh, skip counting for mathematics, and we've memorized some mathematical formulas and some geography. But for the most part, it's just beautiful words that we're writing on our hearts that we can carry with us forever and ever, even if we don't have a book. Right. Yeah, that's I love this. Now, my question, because I'm always thinking, okay, if moms are listening, what kind of question would they have, you know, about this? And I, I would say, how do you choose what it is you want to use for recitation? Well, I have a secret weapon. <laughs> I actually have, uh, we use a program called Lin Linguistic Development Through Poetry Memorization from IEW. And uh, we started with this program a number of years ago. Um, and we just love it because it starts off with small, funny poems. The very first poem that you memorize is one called Ooey Gooey. And it's Ooey Gooey was a worm. A mighty worm was he. He stepped upon the railroad track, the train he did not see. Ooey gooey. <laughs> and my kids 
loved it. I mean, they were in from the very first moment. And as you Mm -hmm. go along, the poems get longer and more serious, but you start off with those short, little fun poems uh, that everybody loves. And it's based on the Suzuki method of memorization. So the first 15 or 20 poems uh, that you memorize, you do every poem every day. And eventually you get to where you're doing Uh, every poem every other day and you have these different patterns of repetition. Um, But that was where we started. Now, I will say that now that we have uh, our morning time plans and our membership on our website for moms to do morning time, we actually choose a lot of our own poetry. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I'll work those pieces into my memory work too. So I've added quite a bit. Another place I love to go for memory work is Ken Ludwig's book, How to Teach Your Children Shakespeare. We've chosen a number of different Shakespeare pieces from that book. So linguistic development is kind of my spine. And then I've worked other pieces in uh, that we've chosen for our membership or from that Shakespeare book through the years. So basically, you know, I, I look to see, you know, what looks good out there. I I let other people help me. I don't try to reinvent the wheel. Right. That's, that's smart. That is working. uh, What did they say? Working smarter, not harder. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So, and that's actually what morning time seems to be about as well. You know, I I love the um, idea of just, like you said, being together, having this tradition, doing these things. Everybody knows what to expect. And I think that's a huge part right there. So as I'm listening, I'm, I'm again, coming up with another question that isn't on my, um, my list that I had when we started. (laughs) (laughs) It is basically, okay, so I'm listening to the things that you're describing. You're describing um, a lot of, um, what would you call it? Um, You know, just like you talk about Shakespeare, you know, and I'm thinking about my boys and I, I, out of our eight kids, five are boys. I just, I can't imagine them doing Shakespeare. I'm sure that if we started from the beginning, um, having done this, um, they would be more, uh, you know, more on board with it all. So my question is, um, if you don't have a background, you know, in the liberal arts, maybe that isn't a strong, um, area for you. Are there other avenues you can take, you know, like if, um, let's just say, uh, so some of the things that you suggested were like, no, it's not really working. Are there other, have you, has it, have, have any moms ever shared with you, like, some really unique um, approaches to the recitation. Well, uh, my question for you is, have you ever done Shakespeare in funny voices before? Oh, uh, okay. Well, then you're totally missing out. <laughs> so, <laughs> it sounds uh, like it. We have a whole collection of cards. Uh, it's actually a free download on my website. I can send them to you. But we we do Shakespeare. Uh, we do Shakespeare like a country bumpkin. We do Shakespeare oh, like the queen. It. We do Shakespeare like a monster. We do Shakespeare like a volcano where we start really slow and then we start getting louder. Um, so th- those are some of the ways that we do memory work is by doing uh, doing those funny voices. And so, you know, I print out the cards 
cards. I cut them out. I have them in my hand and I let each child choose the card. And now my kids are much older now, so we don't do nearly as much of this as what we did when they were little, but uh, they would choose a card and it would say, Oh, recite the poem like a monster. And so we would put on our best monster voices and like do the whole poem like that. Um, We also, and, I don't want anybody to get the idea that we have some kind of little Victorian pinkies up kind of homeschool thing going on here (laughs) because a lot of times when we're doing morning time, I have one child who likes to use the back of the couch as a vault or he's somersaulting across the floor. And, you know, I've got one child who thinks he's got to lay down and take up the entire couch while everybody else pokes at him and says, you only get one square, you know, That's the kind of stuff going on in my home that I have to deal with. I love it. It's it's so great when uh, moms share the the real at their house because yeah, you can you you hear this and you know Shakespeare. I immediately think you know woo you know this is too much or whatever. And, but I love the, the, uh, variety of approaches that you can take with it. That's, that makes it colorful. That makes it fun. It also, you know, they're going to have so many memories from Mm. those, those times when they have, um, you know, really handed up and (laughs) you're really creating memories for your kids is what you're doing. Yeah. And I tell you, for the longest time, uh, we started off, I had these great visions in my head that we were going to sit in front of the fireplace and my kids were going to snuggle up next to me on the couch and we were going to do all these beautiful things and it never worked. And so instead of throwing in the towel, I said, you know, what is the problem? Why is this not working? And it was, you know, it was because they were all over each other. They were all over me. How can Mm -hmm. we fix this? I moved my morning time to the table for a long, long time. And then we had a variety of activities that they were allowed to do with their hands. So Mm -hmm. we were at the table. I had one kid who was rainbow loom obsessed. We've had perler beads all over the house. We got the little uh, watercolor paintbrushes where the water's in the barrel. So you didn't Mm -hmm. have to have open cups of water sitting on the table and they would paint with watercolors for hours. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, drawing for a long time as my daughter got to be a teen it was all manga everywhere she was you know drawing manga all the time pattern blocks uh they would do puzzles on the floor at uh at my feet you know they could do any of those things as long as they were listening and their mouth was moving and they were reciting well and it's interesting too because you know any amount of studies on um on how kids learn is they learn best when there's, you know, there are, they're running on more than one cylinder at a time. Yeah. And, you know, when there's, there's multiple, I like to call them cylinders, multiple cylinders running at the same time. The uh, retention is so much better. Um, They just, and they, it's almost like they learn more from it than you could ever imagine because mm-hmm. all of these other things are going on at the same time, you know, and that's, it's so counterculture to what like a, a traditional classroom setting would allow. Um, and I think that's what makes, you know, homeschooling so beautiful is that we, we can do what you did said, I'm not going to throw in the towel on this. I'm going to get creative and figure out how we can make it work for us, how, you know, how we can make this a positive thing. And so, um, I think that's a, that's an extra little great takeaway for moms who are listening, you know, just, um, 
I think it can be easy to let obstacles keep us from doing some of the things that we would like to do with our kids and maybe becoming um, like like Pam exampled here is is being a problem solver, you know, overcoming that. Don't give up too quickly. You know, there's that balance of understanding, you know, when when to throw in the towel. But I love that you didn't throw it in too quickly. And and you said, no, I'm going to we're going to try to figure out how we can make this work for all of us. And um, and it turned into a beautiful thing. Thing. And now, you know, how many years later, it's blessing many, many more families. So I always tell moms, you know, when you run into an obstacle with parenting, you do not stop parenting, right? You figure it yeah. out. And so it's the same thing with homeschooling. You run into an obstacle with homeschooling. You don't, you don't talk about throwing in the towel. You talk about how can we, how can we get through this or how can we overcome this? How can we make this work for us? And then what's really cool is that you create your own family culture in the midst yes. of all that. And I just, I love that. And so um, maybe you could share some of the fruit that you've seen in your family from the years that you've um, spent practicing morning time. Well, you know, it's just become the most, delightful part of our day. I mean, they may complain about doing math. They may complain about having to do writing or something like that, mm -hmm. but they don't complain about morning time. That's, mm -hmm. that's the part of the day that we come together and they enjoy, you know, I, when my, uh, almost 11 year old was, was five, I can remember, uh, we, we had this wonderful habit of laying with him every night while he went mm -hmm. to sleep baby. And that's what I did. Um, and I can remember laying there one night in June and it's not quite dark outside. Uh, and he said to me, he says, mom, why have we not been doing morning time anymore? I said, well, Thomas, uh, you know, it's summertime. And in this, in the summertime, you don't do school. You take a summer vacation from school. He says, mom, morning time's not school. Mm. And so for him, like, that was something other. That was not oh. school time. And I have to tell you, this five-year-old was not doing a whole lot of school. I mean, I didn't even like start school with my right. kids until they were six, you know, right. but, uh, but for him, it was something other. It, it mm. wasn't even part of school. And so this is a way we can learn together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, without it seeming so schoolish. It just becomes part of who we are and, and, right. and what we do. And exactly. I think that, I think that one of the most wonderful things that has come out of this, and I'm, I'm coming to love it more and more as my kids get older, are the conversations that we have. I mean, this is the time in our day where we we really stop and have kind of those uh, juicy conversations. We watch a little news show uh, every morning in our morning time, and that often sparks kind of important conversations about current events and the state of the world. And it gives us an opportunity uh, with me and my teens. It opens up these avenues for us to talk about these different things and really kind of press home you know, what our family standards are and why we think what we think and believe what we believe and, uh, you know, how we approach the world around us. Mm -hmm. I love that. And that's something that, um, you know, I, I know there are some moms out there listening whose children are still small. There's a couple of things I want to point out is um, I love that, first of all, that you didn't rush into kindergarten at five years old. You sort of, it sounds mm -hmm. like you took a little more of an unhurried approach and yet this would fit beautifully into that and segue beautifully into, you know, slowly working them into more schoolwork down the road. Like this would be 
kind of like a bridge between doing, you know, maybe not doing anything formal or specific to actually having, a, you know, a homeschool day. It, it seems like it just would, it would transition beautifully into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a great transition. And I also, what the other uh, piece that I wanted to point out is just um, the conversations. I cannot tell you how many conversations come out of that unhurried time with our kids. And um, this is a beautiful example of that. And um, the thing that's interesting about it is you're establishing a habit, a relational habit of talking about everything, talking about a variety of different things. And then as you get into the teen years, which I know a lot of, uh, a lot of parents uh, really are afraid of the teen years. Like it, it's, it's frightening to them because of what they've seen and what they've heard. And they're like, you know, what is it going to be like having teens? Um, if, if you have established something like this, um, it is just, you just sort of like flow right into the teen years and you have, um, these points of, of conversation, these, these common, this common ground, because there are a lot of changes going on in them at the time. And sometimes you look at the, at them and think, what happened to my, you know, little, you know, eight-year-old boy or whatever. And now he's kind of pushing back in some areas, but this allows, um, just to continue to build the relationship and keep the communication lines open. Um, and, and, and even if you, you, haven't done this before and you have older kids, it's a wonderful way to sort of open that up um, because that relationship is key when it comes to, when it comes to homeschooling, but especially when it comes to the teen years. And, and I, I just love, um, I love that this can work for all ages. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things we tell moms who who are coming at this later and maybe they're starting this with an 11 or 12 year old uh, as their youngest and they have maybe a, you know, a passel of teens or something like that mm-hmm. is you have to approach it differently than if you have a five, six or seven year old. And we right. really stress to moms across the board that one of the beautiful things about morning time is this is an opportunity for you as the mom to stop being the teacher and mm-hmm. to start being a co-learner with your children. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's completely okay if you don't have a strong liberal arts background. If you Mm -hmm. haven't studied poetry or you haven't read a lot of Shakespeare or maybe uh, you haven't done a lot of literature or you don't know anything, uh, some of the topics that moms do in morning time are like picture study or hymn study or uh, music appreciation or art. It's okay that you're not an expert in those things. This is the time where you sit alongside your kids and you learn some of these things together. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for you to be the co-learner. You're learning just as much as they are. And so when you go into it with older kids, uh, some of the things that we tell moms are, first of all, make sure you put something in that morning time for everybody. If you have a child who's really into one topic or another, um, you know, I was speaking to a mom this week who had a son, uh, they started when he was about 11 and he was actually her oldest. Uh, but one of the things he really wanted to do was current events. And she had a couple more younger kids, but by putting those current events in there for him, she was able to, uh, pull him into that morning time and get his buy-in. Mm-hmm. 
For my 10-year-old, uh, for the past couple of years, we have done Mad Libs every single day in morning wow. time. We do not do this for me. <laughs> this is not something that I would necessarily choose, um, even though they have learned quite a bit about some of the parts of speech. But, you know, we do this because that's his thing. And so I keep it in morning time just for him. Uh, last year, we did music appreciation, but we did movie themes. So this was a way that we could study, uh, you know, some of the different aspects of music and music appreciation and history and composers and things like that. But we did it uh, from an approach that they absolutely love. They love studying, you know, about John Williams and the different uh, different composers from uh, from different movies. So always put something in there that your children will enjoy and then allow, you know, uh, allow them to kind of, you're the co-learner with them. So it's more like a book club than it is mom teaching. You right. know, you're reading along, you're having that discussion. And then if you have to bring food, mm -hmm. you know, brownies, hot chocolate, second breakfast, cinnamon toast, yes. whatever it takes, you know, bring mm -hmm. that to the table. And then mm -hmm. once you start having that enjoyable time and building what we call the fourth R, which is relationship, then they're going to, they're going to be in. Right, um, right. But that's how you start. So I, I have a question about older kids. Um, and you talked about somebody bringing in current events. What would be a way to bring current events to that morning time? Well, the way that we love, um, there is actually a little news show out there called CNN 10. Um, and the gentleman on there, the uh, reporter on there, his name, uh, the anchor is Carl Azus. And it's funny because I just interviewed him last week. He's going to be on our podcast in October. And uh, yeah, so he great guy, very supportive of homeschooling and homeschoolers, um, but also uh, really, really working hard to produce a balanced uh, new show with good quality journalism. And so this is a kind of a nonpartisan place. It's actually my favorite place to get the news these days wow. Wow. Um, because it's so nonpartisan. Uh, but it's mm -hmm. just a, it's 10 minutes. It's aimed towards students. He called it an explainer show, which I can totally see. And I love um, we did. Our, we're working on our elections unit. And right before the convention, I read like this whole chapter about conventions and it was a good chapter. We love our unit study that we're using to study the elections. The information was really good. We got all this great information about the conventions. Like the very next day after we read it, we watched this like four minute segment on this new show. And I was like, man, they just covered everything that took me like 20 minutes to read yesterday. <laughs> um, so it's just a great explainer show about what's okay. going on in the world. So that, that, yeah, that's what sparks our conversations, our current event conversations is we'll watch that new show. And then from that uh, comes, you know, what we're talking about for the day. Right. 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 So um, in the book, which did we, I don't know if we even mentioned the book, did we? <laughs> I can't remember. We can mention it now. Yes. Yes. It's called Better Together. Um, but you give snapshots of different homeschool moms who do morning time. 
And can you talk maybe a little bit more? We've talked some about older kids, but how can this practice be tailored to individual families' unique needs and styles? Have you ever heard of any kind of like really unusual um, approaches or have you, uh, what, what have been your favorites? Well, you know, it's funny because we have a lot of moms who do this, who have only children and you would think, okay, why? Because you're like, it's just the two of you together all day. So how are you even setting this apart and making it different? And they do. They really do. I actually talked to a mom just the other day. Um, Her name is Jessica and her only daughter is Balin. And uh, they uh, actually... That's the time where mom is very much the co-learner right along with her. This is the time they get excited because they get to learn something together. This is not, you know, math from the math book that mom already knows and is teaching the child. But this is something where they can sit down together and say, oh, we're going to learn these chalk pastel techniques and how to make this drawing out of chalk pastels. Or we're going to watch this nature study uh, on rabbits and learn about, you know, all the different things about rabbits and how they live in hutches and make our journaling page. And so this is, uh, you know, a time that they're learning together. And it's, it's just that joyful time Mm -hmm. in the homeschool day, that's Mm -hmm. kind of uh, in between some of the harder stuff that they have to do. Right. Um, And I think pointing out that, you know, being a, a, a lifelong learner, we, we set the example. I mean, that's ultimately what we all want. We want to grow lifelong learners so that our kids don't see only book work and curriculum as learning, but they see all of life as learning. And we set that example in our everyday life, but this is another way to do that. That's um, definitely more directive and more um, intentional. Um, so I love uh, the idea of, of a parent setting that example and saying, look, um, I'm, we're just, we're going to learn alongside of each other. And I, 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 that's one of the best things that I have found about homeschooling is I have learned so much that I didn't remember from school. Mm -hmm. And it's just been an opportunity. It's been actually really exciting because you realize how many different things how many different things you can pursue, how many different things you can learn about, especially now that, you know, we have access to so much information. It's, it's actually choosing what, you know, what would be the best thing to learn right now. And I would be curious, um, do you ever let like the kids, do they, do they bring ideas to the table? Um, when it comes to morning time, do they make suggestions or, how do you work that? Do you just choose it or do they participate in that? Our entire morning time this year is at my my kid's suggestion. Oh, that's great. Uh, they were the ones who totally were like, mom, we want to study mythology next year. That's what we want to do. And so, you know, from that, I chose a handful of books. Uh, my daughter brought me some book suggestions. Uh, she's in high school now. And, uh, you know, we talked about what kind of science do we want to do along with this. And we did, we decided that astronomy would be a great fit kind of along with myths. And so that was where it came from. Uh, Next year, I think we're going towards the American revolution. Uh, You know, Hamilton came out on Disney plus this summer and that's become a big hit (laughs) in my house. And so so everybody's, 
everybody's interested in the in the revolution now. It's like I'm going to capitalize on that, and that's what we're going to be doing next year. Um, oh, I love it. And so, yeah, it's I'm very much into you know. I will tell you when my daughter was three three or four years old, I had it all figured out. I had this 13 year spreadsheet and I knew exactly what we were going to do for every subject, every single year. And I think by the time she was five and a half, I had completely trashed that. I wish I could find it now. <laughs> I've thrown it away. And it's taken me years. You know, I moved from that to, well, I'm going to kind of just decide from year to year what we're going to do. And we were following the four year history cycle. And now it's like, you know what? I'm going to find whatever it is they're interested in right now. And that's where we're going to go next year because you have your whole life to learn. I can make it all fit on a transcript and uh, we're just going to enjoy ourselves. I love that. Making it so that it's enjoyable. Um, I love what you said. You have your whole life to learn. And I think this is where a lot of homeschoolers, um, especially if they're first starting out, just get a little tripped up thinking we have to teach our kids everything by the time they leave our house. And that simply isn't true. And the best thing we can give our kids is um a strong, cohesive family life, strong relationships with each other, um, you know, good, uh, what, like what you're talking about right here, you know, where you're paying attention to their interests, listening to what they have to say, their input, you know, um, and just investing, you know, that time and that, and being engaged as a mom, you know, there, it's just so, um, it's so not a checklist. That's the thing, you know, for mm. those of us who love checklists, um, it can, and I do. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I love checklists too, but I'm, I, I have learned to love the relationship, the relational piece of homeschooling and the, the, um, the slowing down and just being with my kids because at the end of the day, we've got seven graduated so far. I did not want to look back and regret that I had been, so stressed out um, mm -hmm. and that they just had a stressed out mom all the time because that, that just sends all kinds of messages I wouldn't want to send. Like, I, you know, I, I want them to feel valued. I want them to feel like I enjoy them. And so um, I love the way uh, morning time can help sort of um, establish that and really give that intentionality. And it, 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 feeds into um, just such a um, foundational uh, things when it comes to our kids and foundational things when it really when it comes to homeschooling and learning. Um, our kids are walking away with memories. They're walking away with, hey, Shakespeare is in a drag. We had a blast with it, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And, and that is just something that uh, is just such a gift. So um, I just so appreciate you coming on today and just and sharing the real, but also just some of the nuts and bolts of it. Um, I am going to leave in the podcast notes all the different ways that moms can connect with you. Um, so I'll, I'll just have you send that to me when we get off here. But I'm um, also wanting to let the moms know that Pam has... Um, She's going to do a giveaway, um, a Better Together book and a gift certificate for a morning basket plans. Can you tell us just a little bit about what a morning basket plan is? 
Sure. Um, so we decided a few years ago that one of the best ways we could help moms is by taking, you know, you asked earlier, what, how do you know what poems to do? And this is a very real thing. You know, how do you know which composers, which poems, which hymns, what kind of activities? Um, and so what we did decided to do was to start creating morning time plans that moms could use as kind of the backbone of their own morning time. And so we've chosen the poems, we've chosen the artwork, we've chosen uh, the things to memorize and the books to read. They have fabulous book lists in them. Uh, we have a lot of different kinds. We have seasonal plans. We have preschool plans. Uh, we have literature based plans. We have a wonderful set based on The Hobbit and The Green Ember. Um, later on this month, we have a set coming out about Anne of Green Gables. And so these are just, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. This is what you can pull from. Uh, you right. know, once again, this is your tool, not your master. This is what mm -hmm. you can pull from to make a beautiful morning time in your house. Uh, and we just do a lot of the work for you. Well, and I love that because what they can do is they can take that tool and they can start to implement it and then recognize, okay, this piece is working really well. This one isn't. And over mm -hmm. time, they're just going to find their own rhythm with that uh, morning time, with that morning basket. And that's really, um, again, another way that we learn alongside of our kids because we're learning kind of you know, how our kids work and how we work and, you know, kind of what works best for them. And it's just, um, it's just, it's a beautiful journey. And I love that you, you give that, you know, that, that baseline, that place to start. And so I'm excited. So uh, if you all uh, who are listening want to enter for the giveaway, um, leave a comment um, under this post on my website, that's where I will draw the name from. And, um, maybe just make a note of which, which, which one you want to, uh, participate in or just throw, you know, we'll, if you don't put anything, we're going to, we're going to put your name in both of them. So, um, we'll have, uh, I'll pick, choose the winner in about two weeks, um, from today. So, uh, Anyway, so I am really um, excited that you've been here today, Pam. Thank you for sharing all that you have. And um, I look forward to actually looking more into, uh, we've got a 16-year-old and I'm thinking, hmm, this news thing is sounding kind of interesting. And I, I'm going to try <laughs> with him and that with him. So uh, moms, go check out Pam's resources. I, I know you're going to find some some uh, great tools. I love what you said, Pam. It's our tool, not our master. <laughs> That's, That's right. so important to remember, but, um, all right, well, let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Um, Lord, I just thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for, uh, just your provision. God, I know that there are a lot of moms listening right now who are really excited and hopeful, um, hearing, uh, Pam's words and the, the tools that she's sharing. Lord, I just, I praise you and thank you, um, for Pam. I thank you for, um, this this resource and I pray that as moms um, uh, look more deeply into it and begin to implement it in their families God that it would just be a huge blessing I thank you for each and every mom listening I pray for your peace and your presence to fill their homes Lord we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us Lord for providing everything that we need in Jesus name amen amen <laughs> 